You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And here's your host, Aram Layton. This is Locked On MLB Prospects, your only daily podcast on the future stars of Major League Baseball. As always, I'm your host, Aram Layton. I'm a minor league play-by-play broadcaster as well as a prospect analyst and writer. And if you enjoy this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you can keep up with the daily episodes, see all of the farm system rundowns I'm doing, as well as prospect interviews on the horizon. And in today's episode, we're doing another positional breakdown, this time the top left-handed pitching prospects in baseball part one here where we'll go through one to five and then part two tomorrow where we go through five to ten. You can follow the podcast's Twitter account at LO underscore MLB prospects and you can follow my personal Twitter for all of the latest prospect related things at RM Layton 8. So let's jump into these top left-handed pitching prospects. This was another one that with the pitching prospects it's just so tough. So many of these guys are very close to each other in terms of their prospect value and their projections. I really like so many of these pitching prospects right now in baseball. So much to be excited about. But I think it's not much of a surprise either with the number one guy for me at the top. It's Mackenzie Gore. And really with Mackenzie Gore, he is everybody's top pitching prospect for left-handers at least. What has surprised me in general though is the fact that some have soured on him a little bit and soured might be a strong word because everybody still has him in their top 15 prospects but I'm just shocked to see anybody let him out of the top 10 which is what Baseball Prospectus did putting him at 11. Baseball America put him at 10 in their recent list. Fangraphs has him at 2 which is closer to where he belongs in my opinion. I think that we're a little bit confused used when we try to assess what the alternate training site means. For me, I look at the positives from the alternate training site in terms of what you see from their quality of stuff. If we see an uptick in velocity, that's something that you can take to the bank and say, okay, I'm going to be higher on this guy. But if somebody struggled at the alternate training site, especially a prospect, I'm not going to put too much stock into that unless they legitimately forget how to pitch. And it seems like a lot of prospect outlets and writers have gone a little bit lower on Gore because of the fact that he struggled with his command at times in his time at the alternate training site. And I can see how that could be something that is somewhat of a red flag when one of the big calling cards for Mackenzie Gore is his 70 grade commander, at least that's what it was perceived as before his stint in the alternate training site. But I just don't care. I just don't really see that as being too much of a concern at this point. Let's be real here. Mackenzie Gore is a high school guy who I think is a classic victim right now of prospect fatigue. His ERA in high school was basically zero. He won Gatorade Player of the Year. Then his ERA in high A across 15 starts was 1.02. He just had a cup of coffee in double A where he was okay, but it was only five starts, so nobody really was able to assess what he's capable of at that level. And then we didn't see him in 2020. And all we saw were the ATS struggles that, in my opinion, from what I've seen and read, it didn't seem like they were that monumental. In his first spring start, it seemed like a little bit of the same two innings. He didn't give up a hit. He punched out a pair, but he did walk three. I just don't see too much issue in that. I think he's going to figure it out because ultimately the value with Mackenzie Gore goes beyond 
the fact that he has perceived 70 grade command, even if it's 60 grade command, even if it's 55 grade command, he has four major league caliber pitches already. And also, let's be real, he has only pitched 180 professional innings as a high school guy. Drafted out of high school and then 180 professional innings. That is not that much time to really develop. And that's why I see him as a prospect fatigue candidate too, because we're acting like this is somebody that has been dominating the minor leagues for half of a decade now. He hasn't. He hasn't had that much time to work things out in the minors. And just because he got off to an extremely hot start doesn't mean that he's just going to have this rapid ascension to the major leagues. And if he doesn't, then we're cooling on him. I just don't see it that way. Maybe he's not the number two prospect in baseball, but maybe three, four, or five. There's just no way this guy is the 11th or even 10th prospect in baseball. And I think that's a very knee-jerk reaction to what we've seen. 60-grade fastball with deception, 60-grade slider. His changeup is a 60-grade pitch as well. And the curveball is 50 plus. I think he shows some good depth to it and he can steal strikes with that pitch as well. Right now, it just seems like he's struggling to time things up. He does have a bit of a unique delivery with a jerky leg kick, and maybe he'll have to slow that down a little bit. We'll see, but I'm going to bet on the fact that Mackenzie Gord is going to figure that out, and the quality stuff hasn't taken a hit. That would be the alarming thing. If his quality of stuff had taken a hit at the alternate training site, then I'd say, okay, hold on one second here. Like, let's see some more, but that's not the case, and I'm willing to bet on Mackenzie Gore, who is one of the best pitching prospects we have seen in a very, very long time figuring it out over the course of this season where he finally just gets to make consistent starts and work things out. I'm expecting a really good year from Mackenzie Gore and the Padres, they they saw this. They saw that Mackenzie Gore might not be as close to ready as they initially thought. That's why they went and got some starting pitchers. Gore should be up by the end of the year, but let the guy just marinate a little, bo- a little bit more in the minor leagues, excuse me. Like I said, 180 professional innings is hardly a full major league season. Let's just let this guy get some more experience. He's only made five starts above high A. Regardless, Mackenzie Gore is far and away my number one left-handed pitching prospect with a pretty decent-sized gap to the rest of the guys, but that brings me into my next arm, my next left-handed pitcher, and it is Daniel Lynch of the Royals, and Daniel Lynch is somewhat polarizing. I see some incredibly high on him. I see some a bit lower, but still have him well inside the top 100, and there's no disputing that. He is an electric pitcher from the left side. His arm speed is ridiculous. He hides the ball well. The fastball is a 65-grade pitch, in my opinion, with good arm side run. The slider is a 60-grade pitch. He shows a good feel for the changeup, which helps him against righties, and he can steal some strikes with a curveball as well. While it's not four above-average pitches like Mackenzie Gore, you could argue he has two-plus pitches and a solid changeup that flashes above-average. The curveball just flashing average, but that's a good enough arsenal already for Lynch to have a good recipe and be able to mix it up and get lefties and righties out. He had pretty consistent splits against lefties and righties in 2019, where he pitched to a 3.1 ERA in 15 starts, struck out 77 in 78 innings, but I expect him to rack up a lot more strikes this season as he presumably will pitch in double A. The fastball is just too good, and I'm really a believer in that slider because It has some sharp late bite to it, especially to left-handers where he can make it more of a sweeping slider. And then to righties, he does a good job of manipulating it to more of a cutter and getting it in on the hands of right-handed hitters. And that's important for him right now because the one thing I have with Lynch that has stood out to me as a criticism is that his arm side command is really good with the fastball, but the glove side command of his heater is not quite as good. Often, it's running back over the middle of the plate 
plate. He doesn't have as much confidence locating inside on right-handed hitters. And he does have that natural arm side run, so it makes it a little bit harder. But I'd like to see him more confidently command the inner half to right-handed hitters. And it just doesn't seem like he's done that very well yet. But I'm sure that's something he's been working on. And the cutter bails him out a little bit because he's able to throw it a little bit harder than the slider and get it in on the hands of right-handed hitters to keep them honest. Because... When I watched a lot of Daniel Lynch, it seemed like right-handed hitters and good right-handed hitters were looking out over the outer half of the plate, knowing the fastball was going to run back over on that side. He's not too comfortable pitching inside at times unless he has that cutter really working. And if the cutter's not working, they're just looking middle away. But that's where the changeup can come in handy and it flashes above average. If he has that pitch working, that will also expose those hitters looking out and over the outer half of the plate. Just imagine that mid-90s hard fastball on the outer half running away from you, then a changeup that looks just like it dropping off into the lower part of the zone, and then a hard cutter on the hands of a right-handed hitter. That sounds like a miserable at-bat, and Daniel Lynch has the ability to do that, and I think he's going to have a big year at AA. It was tough. It's a toss-up between him and Asa Lacy for the number one pitching prospect in the Royal system, and also the number two left-handed pitching prospect in baseball, which kind of leads me into the number three guy on this list, which is Asa Lacy, and he is a special pitcher as well. Ultimately, what gave me the nod for Lynch over Lacy was a couple things. The command is better with Lynch. The deception is better with Lynch, and the fastball is a bit more electric, and those things just led me to point towards Daniel Lynch, but that is nothing against Asa Lacy. I'd like to see some more track record of command as he has had some inconsistency in that regard in his college career, but we'll get to see some more. In 2020, though, he was dominant before the season was cut short due to COVID. 4-0, a .75 ERA, 24 innings pitched, 46 Ks, and that was largely due to his fastball and slider combination, both 60-grade pitches. The changeup, he shows a pretty advanced feel for, and I believe that pitch flashes plus as well and has a decent feel for the curveball. So these three lefties have potentially four-pitch arsenals, which is ridiculous, and I just can't wait to see what Asa Lacy is going to do this coming season. I assume he's going to start in high A and has all the makings to be a fast climber, with the big question being, is the command going to be there, and is the fastball live enough? I see the velocity, but at times, it seems a little bit flat and I have my reservations as to whether that fastball will play up as a 60 grade pitch right now I have a 60 on it because of what we've seen through college and because of the velocity and just the swing and miss that he got at the collegiate level but I don't know if it's totally going to translate to the major league level we'll see and I think that's largely dependent on how effective his changeup is too and if that can be closer to plus than above average but Lacey is really exciting and I was very surprised to see the Marlins pass on him at three Ultimately, they went with Max Meyer, and the Royals had to be ecstatic to get Asa Lacey. And man, do they have a stable of arms over there in Kansas City. You got Asa Lacey, you got Daniel Lynch, you got Chris Bubich, you got Brady Singer, Jackson Coar. There are some very exciting arms there. They're going to have one of the best young rotations in baseball very soon. And I expect Daniel Lynch to probably be up in the bigs by the end of this year. Asa Lacey could be up by the middle of next year. And the Royals are starting to put it together. They just need some more bats in that system. I'm going to get to number four and five on this list in just a moment. But a reminder that this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. 
Why pay 20, 30, or 50% more from a chain store or a car dealership when you can just go to rockauto.com and use their easy to navigate website to find whatever car part you need for any make or model. Rockauto.com is a family owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. It's so much easier. You don't have to deal with the headache of going to that car dealership, waiting, paying the extra price, and dealing with all of the nickel and diming of the private mechanic who's not looking out for you. Rockauto.com, you find it straight on the website. They ship it straight to your door. It is so much simpler. Head over to rockauto.com and let them know that Locked On sent you in the how did you hear about us section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So let's jump back into number four now on the list. And some may be thinking, okay, it's Tarek Skubal. Nope. And if you listen to the podcast, you probably weren't thinking that it was Tarek Skubal because you know where I lie on Tarek Skubal, who, spoiler alert, will be in part two, meaning he's going to be in the six to 10 range because I think Braylon Marquez is just a better version of Tarek Skubal and a younger version. He's 21 years old. He's 6'4", 184. And similar to Skubal, does lean on the fastball very heavily, but unlike Skubal, is a bigger body, sits 97 to 98, and has touched 102, and also has that plus slider. Skubal and Marquez both lean on the fastball really heavily, and I don't want it to seem like I have something against Tarek Skubal. I hope everything works out for him, and I hope he has a fantastic career. What bothers me more is kind of the group thinking that we've seen with Skubal, where now everybody just puts him up in their top 30, and I think it's just like, if you don't do it, you're wrong, and you don't want to stray away from the industry or whatever it may be. I just don't get it, because Marquez is literally a carbon copy of what that mold is, meaning a fastball-reliant left-handed pitcher that you have your questions as to whether they can have the command to be a starter, but they flash a plus secondary, and those are the questions. Can you lean on the fastball that much, or can they find a third pitch to allow them to be starters at the major league level, and will the command hold up? That's a question that I'd be more concerned about with a 24-year-old like Skubal and not as concerned about with a 21-year-old like Marquez. His 80-grade fastball, which has reached 102, is just ridiculous. I see guys that are just taking swings that aren't even remotely close, and I got a chance to talk to a guy who faced him, a professional baseball player that faced him last year, or two years ago that would be, from 2019, and he struck out three times, and this is a good ball player, and he told me that was the nastiest guy and the most lost I've felt in my minor league career. And that was after he played in higher levels above that. So that's just one guy. But I think I see the same thing when I watch Marquez. The command is definitely the issue. But the numbers that he put up were pretty ridiculous in regards to the swing and miss. Between A ball and high A in 2019, he racked up 128 strikeouts in 103 and two-thirds innings. He did walk 50, and that goes back to the command where you see the upper body and the lower body sometimes out of sync. He seems to pull off at times throwing that fastball where he tugs his head off, tugs that front shoulder off, and it'll cause him to miss at times in the right-handed batter's box or on that side of the plate. And that's the only thing that's been a little inconsistent. But Marquez is a good athlete. I think he's going to be able to sync it up. And he has a really high floor as a potential closer at the major league level if he doesn't find the consistency. If he can just get that change up to be average, I think with the fastball, the late breaking slider, and an average change up, he will be really 
really tough to hit. And he's the type of player that could rely on two pitches more than the average pitcher because of his 80-grade fastball that he could lean on pretty heavily. I don't like to see starting pitchers that lean heavily on fastballs. There's a very short list of starting pitchers that have success throwing fastballs more than 60% of the time. But I think Marquez could be an exception to that rule, but he doesn't have to be. He's got a lot more time to develop, still only 21 years old. The Cubs don't have a great track record of developing pitchers, but I do believe that Braylon Marquez is going to be able to do that. And at his big 6'4", 184 frame, it's not that much effort in his velocity and in his fastball. It's just more of the tugging off that I think gives that perceived effort, but it's more of just an out-of-sync thing with his body than anything else. And I see him as somebody that's going to be able to rack up a crazy amount of strikeouts and just whether he's able to stick in the rotation is dependent on that command more so than the third pitch, but I still think he could greatly benefit from a third pitch, which would make him an ace potential type of pitcher, and he's going to be interesting to see how the Cubs decide to handle him this season. I don't think they're going to be very competitive. There's no reason to rush him. Let him get his innings. He did go up to the major leagues for a brief stint and one outing was really bad, but he wasn't nearly ready. And now that he has another season to get under his belt, maybe he can be in the bigs by 2022, but I don't think it makes sense to call him up this year. Let him get some more polish. Let him get some more opportunity and he will eventually make his way to Wrigley Field. And I think he could be a fan favorite very soon with the electricity he brings to the mound. I don't know if we've ever seen a left-handed starter with that kind of just explosiveness out of his hand. Going into number five in just a moment here, also a reminder that this episode was brought to you by betonline.ag. Head over to their website and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus to your initial deposit. That's betonline.ag, promo code LOCKEDON. That's one word locked on for a 50% welcome bonus to your deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So let's get into number five here. Matthew Libertor is number five for me with the Cardinals, six foot five, 200 pounds, 21 years old as well. Of course, he was dealt for Randy Arozarena, who had the legendary postseason this past year, but I think it's a pretty fair swap. And if Arozarena ends up being more consistently what he was in the postseason, then maybe not. But regardless, Libertor is a very, very good piece. And I love what we've seen from him so far. An A-ball, 15 starts, 78 innings, 76 Ks, a 3-1 ERA, and 31 walks. The fastball, 60-grade pitch, sits more in the 92-96 to range. The curveball is his best pitch. A hammer of a breaking ball, great vertical break, good to both lefties and righties. That's a pitch that he's going to be able to ride all the way through the minor leagues, and that's going to be his calling card in the majors. It is just such a good pitch that I love when you see a big vertical breaker from a lefty that he can get right-handers out with as well. That just adds so much value and helps so much more to be able to steal strikes and tough counts. Change up already an above-average pitch as well, and that's going to get better and better as he continues to improve his command, which is shown above average, but I think he's going to have the ability to have plus command. He is six foot five, so I do believe he's going to fill out a little bit more and that that's going to add some velocity to his fastball, which already is solid at the 92 to 96 range, but as he puts on a little bit more weight, I could see him sitting more 94 to 96, touching seven or eight, which then changes the ball game for him. I mean, he was the 16th overall pick by the Rays for a reason. He is a really sound pitching prospect that already has two plus offerings an above average offering and the slider is average as well and I think as he gets that uptick in velocity it's going to make the change up play even better and it's going to make the slider even sharper which is the only thing missing right now I think from his arsenal in terms of just showing more potential the slider can flatten out at times but I think as he 
develops more velocity and more snap. That slider is going to be a harder and later breaking pitch that can be above average, and that arsenal altogether is going to be really good. He's still a bit far off from the major leagues. I'd expect him maybe a mid-2022 kind of call-up for him, but you never know because I do believe in his pitchability, and I do believe that he is somebody that is going to rapidly improve thanks to his frame, thanks to his already polished nature that he has on the mound as a lefty, and he's only 21 years old as well. I really like Libertor, who can ride that fastball-curveball combination for now, and and then just continue to feel out that changeup, which works already against right-handers. But I think that's something that is going to be a big focus for him this coming year. And we'll see if he decides to scrap the slider or if that's something that he can develop as well. I think as he gains velocity, like I said, that's a pitch that's going to continue to get better. I hope you enjoyed this part one of the top five left-handed pitching prospects in baseball. I'll have part two with you tomorrow where I'll go through six through 10, which is still a list of some really exciting arms. As always, thank you for listening. And I look forward to talking left-handed pitching prospects with you tomorrow.